Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, so I want to welcome you to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, as always, Brandon Allen, and I am excited to bring you another fantastic informative leadership podcast this week. So every once in a while, I get into a conversation with someone about management and leadership, and it goes in a direction that is interesting and in some cases alarming, but I understand why it comes up and why these things happen. So To make a long story short, I was recently talking with a client, and for the sake of anonymity, we'll say that this client's name rhymes with Roger, and that this particular client uh, lives somewhere in Canada, Um, but I was having a conversation with, uh, with my client, and basically what happened was, is my client suggested that perhaps, just maybe... I was turning them into a giant pussy, that the management and leadership strategies that we talked about could potentially make him soft and maybe in some cases make him less than a man, perhaps. And I wanted to address this particular topic because, number one, it's a great question. I, I, I'm, I'm having some fun with this right now, but it really is a good question, and It's something that I've dealt with over the past five years since I've consulted in the management and leadership arena. They say, you know, Brandon, this stuff sounds so airy-fairy. It sounds so soft, so touchy-feely. I'm not so sure that this is really right for me. And look, there's still a very predominant culture in leadership and management that says, hey, unless you're a giant asshole, then you're not going to get results. You're not going to get things done. And look, I will say this. Um... What I talk with people about is not always warm and fuzzy. It's not always patting them on the back, but it's always supportive. And so I want to talk about that. I want to go through that a little bit because one of the things that I talk about with regards to leadership is vulnerability. And on the surface, vulnerability sounds so soft. It sounds like fried green tomatoes or any other horrible romantic movie or sad movie that just tugs at the heartstrings and 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 gets a, you know that really gets the emotions flowing and if you're a fan of one of those types of movies I'm going to apologize up uh, after the fact for for saying that they're horrible movies it's just not my deal so as as you as we think about vulnerability though I, I want you to think about this and for years personally, I felt like vulnerability was was really showing my weakness, and I didn't want to show people my weaknesses. And I didn't want to show my wife. I didn't want to show this to my kids. I didn't want to show this to people that worked with me or for me. I just didn't want to do it. But the problem is, is when you're not vulnerable, you go to extreme measures to protect your shell and to protect your armor that you built around yourselves, and you start you start to manifest themselves in really unhealthy ways. It 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 manifests itself in passive aggressiveness. It manifests itself in uh, anger. 
Um, anger is one of those things where, look, I'm not saying that anger is not bad per se, but there's a way to channel your anger in a healthy way, and there's a way to channel your anger in an unhealthy way. And if you're one of these people that can't be vulnerable and builds a shell, you end up channeling your anger in an unhealthy way and taking it out on people in a way that damages the relationship. It doesn't help the relationship. So as I talk about vulner- vulnerability, it's easy to equate this with being soft. But I would contend that if you're the kind of person that is willing to share your feelings and do it openly and really be who you are at a really authentic level, there's nothing that's more courageous than doing that because, my God, that is scary. When you let people in, you open up the door for someone to come in and just crush you and rip your heart out. I mean, that that is what makes vulnerability so scary. But... I'm always admi- I just always admire those people who are willing to really put their hearts out there and really put themselves out there even when doing so comes at a great personal risk to that individual. So I want to I want you to think about that first and foremost as we talk about these things as we talk about vulnerability and 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 being an authentic leader and and really speaking into people's lives think about that situation, look, think about the fact that, look, it is scary to let people in. It's easier to shut people out in the short term, but long term it becomes problematic when you don't have the kind of relationship that you could have with the people around you. So here's the thing. When it comes to what we're talking about, I think what my client wanted to know is where's the line? Where's the line that you don't cross where is it? Where can I draw that line? And, I, and I'm just going to go through a few just kind of random thoughts that kind of tie this together. And the first one is when I manage and, and as a leader, one of the most important things that I can do, and we always, I always talk about this, right? Get it right. Whatever you're going to do. And uh, um, Don Miguel Ruiz wrote this in his book, The Four Agreements. The first one is be impeccable with your word. And to me, being impeccable with your word as a leader means that we don't let things slide. And what that means is, is that if we say we're going to do something, then we're going to do that at the highest level possible until we come to a consensus that what we're doing is is wrong and needs to be changed. But if we never come to that consensus, then we're going to keep doing that. And we're going to keep doing that at the highest level possible for as long as we can do it. What does that look like? Well, let me tell you what not letting things slide look like. And if you worked for me, anyone who's listening to this who's worked for me will know this for, uh, for what it is. If you were late in my office, if you were five minutes late in my office, I sat you down and we had a conversation with it. You were not late. Why? Because our business is a show. And the show opens when it opens. And if you're late and the show's already started, you're screwing up the show. So if you're five minutes late, you better explain to me why you're five minutes late. And in fact, I don't want to sound Tom Coughlin, the infamous New York Giants head coach in some ways, for telling someone when they were five minutes early that they were still late because on time was 15 minutes early. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember that story, but Tom Coughlin, the coach of the New York football Giants, had uh, chastised and fined a player for being who who is still early but not early enough to a meeting, right? Well, that's one of the things that I want to do instill in my team is, look, we have a show and you need to be prepared for your show. If you're not in your desk ready to roll 
by the time that the doors open, so to speak, and the show starts, you're late. That's a problem. And we were going to have a conversation about it. But the thing about this is, is that I didn't overcommit myself to too many things, which is a problem that I made as a manager early on. I overcommitted to 50 different things that I tried to manage and keep my arms around, and things were always falling through the cracks. Well, the problem is, is that then eroded my account, my credibility, and I couldn't hold people accountable. So I got real simple, and this is what you should do in your business. What are those fundamental foundational things, maybe three to five things that just absolutely have to be done, that if they're not done, it's going to result in a conversation, no questions asked, so that people know this is the standard with which our business operates. And look, that sounds a hell of a lot easier than it is to maintain. It takes some self-discipline to want to walk over to someone when they're five minutes late and you don't want to have that conversation, but you know you need to sit down with that person and say, listen, you're late. This is a problem. We need to address this. What happened? Now, look, there's varying levels of this conversation that I'm going to have with that person, depending on who it is. So we're not going to get into that today. You've heard other podcasts that I've talked about with regards to pod or with regards to uh, confrontation and speaking to your employees and that type of thing, that's not today's conversation. So there's going to be varying degrees of how this conversation happens. And quite frankly, this is why people hire me to coach them in the first place. Is how do we have these conversations? So if you're wondering how to do that and you're not working with me, then this is a great opportunity for you to reach out at NewWorkRevolution.com and get involved. So as we're talking about this, I don't let things slide. Things don't slide. If it's a principle, if it's something that we've agreed to in the office that's important, we don't let it slide, which means I confront that issue immediately. And I get buy-in from that person to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And I also find out, look, is there something that we need to change so that we get the result? Because the results are what matters. I want a result. I want a positive result. I want to win. That's the That's the goal in business is we want to create wins. I want to create individual wins for my team, but I also want to create an overall win for the business. So we can't let things slide, okay? that's Those are the lines you can't cross. But here's the other thing. The second part is, is I don't want to deal with foolish people as well. So I have a real specific line for people that I just deem foolish. So what do foolish people look like? And we all know people like this. A foolish person looks like the kind of person that you confront them about a specific issue within your business, and the first thing they do is go through their Rolodex of excuses as to why they didn't get something done and whose fault it was, but it's never their fault, right? That's a foolish person, right? And it's said, a wise man does not argue with fools, right? A foolish person cannot be reasoned with. Okay, so I may draw a line with a foolish person. And if, a, if someone comes to me and I confront them about something and they give me an excuse or they try to blame it on someone else, I stop them immediately and I say, listen, why do you think I'm talking to you? I hear you talking about so-and-so and I hear your excuses, but why do you think I'm confronting you about this situation? This is where I sit back and I pause and I let things get real uncomfortable. I want it to get real uncomfortable so they sit there and they can think about the weight of what I'm asking them and why they think they're in this room right now. I'm not talking to you because I think it's Joe's fault. Okay, That's not why we're having this conversation or else Joe would be in there in here and we'd be talking about that. Why do you think I called you in here? 
Okay, I want to see if they connect the dots, and if they don't, this is a real good opportunity for me to really do that. But there are other things that people do that, quite frankly, I I'm not okay with. Number one, uh, you know, people may come to you and say, "Hey, look, I'm looking around for jobs. Just thought I'd let you know." Okay, well, I'm not necessarily cool with that. Um, and or someone may say, "Look, I got another job offer. I'm going to throw it in your face um, and use it as a way to." Uh, extort you uh, into paying me more money or, or, or you know, there, there's ways that people do that in an unhealthy way where they kind of bring it up as an aside. Well, I could just go over here and do this. Well, then do it. Don't threaten me with what you're going to do. I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm here to provide you the best possible opportunity that I have available. If my opportunity is not good enough for you, you are free to move on. It's fine. I want to keep my good people but there's a limit to what I can do as a small business owner to keep that talent. And so I, I want to continue to, and this is why it's important to continue to paint the picture, paint the vision. What does the future look like? What's possible for this person if they stick around? Okay. What is possible for this person if they stick around? And I want to do that. But look, if they're going to, if they're going to be someone who brings up uh, things that they could do or this and that, I just invite them to do that. Or if they, if they threaten to quit, I'll say, fine, resign. Okay, but don't I? You know, I I have very low tolerance for uh, conversations that I feel like are bullshit in nature overall. Things that aren't fair or that are manipulative, I just won't have it. So if someone comes to me again, a foolish person comes to me and doesn't understand how to really handle that relationship in the right way, I will not be specifically patient about that, and I may draw a line in the sand and say, "Hey, listen, I don't want you to ever tell me that again or say that to me again." That's it. Okay, but there are also there are other issues that come up. I mean, theft, and 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 look, it's funny that I have to bring this up, but I've consulted with multiple clients who've had people who have stolen from them, and what does stealing look like? It's taking money, paying bills with the business account, it's cheating on your time card. All these different things are are forms of theft, taking supplies without asking. Whatever that is, I've had countless episodes, and then I learned that after it happened, the employee that did that still works for the company. I mean, what the hell is that about? If you have someone that works for you who has stolen from you, do not keep them employed with your business. What are you doing? What you're telling everyone else is, hey, you know what? Still once, that's all right. We'll let you pat. We'll give you a mulligan. Just don't do it again. Okay, I don't want that situation. So, if someone has created an, an, an egregious violation, you know, a sexual harassment violation, any of those types of things, that's just a person that look. We all make mistakes. We all do that. But I'm not going to let you make the same mistake twice in certain in certain instances in my business. There's going to be some things that are just one and done. It happens once, you're done. That's it. We're not going to we're not going to work through it. We're not going to coach through it. We're not going to do any of those things. So you have to recognize in the moment, what is a fool? Who's, is, is someone being foolish or are they being wise? And it's okay to set boundaries, okay? Throughout this management leadership process, boundaries are important. We want to have healthy boundaries. We want, it, we, want to, we want people to know that there's a line that you can cross to not go too far. Now, what do those boundaries look like? Look, for everyone, it's different. My boundaries are going to look different from your boundaries. You don't have to have my boundaries. You don't have to manage my way. But listen, nothing that we talk about, when we talk about being vulnerable, when we talk about coaching, when we talk about uplifting people, 
None of this means that we can't set boundaries. In fact, when I started to become the kind of leader that set clear boundaries for people, and their respect for me went up, not down. In fact, they liked working for me more, not less. These are things that are essential. So if you can't set healthy boundaries, what you're, what you're looking at is a situation where down the road, you're going to have a person that walks on you so much that you're going to try to wonder, like, how the hell did I get here? What did I create? How do I get out of this? Right? You've almost created a, a no-win situation. You've created a situation where you may have to terminate the person because it's just so bad. There's, just no, there's a point of no return that comes with that. I want to nip that in the bud right away. I want people to know, look, there are boundaries. And this is why when it comes to not letting things slide, I want to hit those things right up front. If someone, if it's their second day and they're doing something already where I'm like, uh-oh, that's a, that's a dangerous behavior. I want to confront that behavior immediately. I don't want to let it ride. I don't want to give them a pass. Hey, they're new. That's when you catch it. It's a lot easier to train my kids when they're one years old, then waiting until they're five after they have five years of bad behavior built up and now I try to correct it, okay? I want to address that behavior immediately so five years from now, I, they, just, they know how to do it right. And that's our responsibility as a leader is to really show what that looks like in our business but in a healthy way. And, and I do throw that in there because there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do it. Um, and this leads me to my last point. Again, I want to come back to this because I did an entire podcast on this, but you can have influence in your business or you can have control, but you can't have both, okay? Now, influence sounds soft. It sounds warm and fluffy. It doesn't sound like something that has a lot of teeth to it, but I promise you, control only lasts so long. If you're the, you know, we talked about the, the super asshole boss, look, you can only do that to a certain level and then you're screaming, your insults, your your fear of re- your 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 uh, promise of retribution, it, eventually it falls on deaf ears. And how do I know this? I I worked in some of the most high pressure banking environments possible with people that I mean they would just get in your grill and they would yell and scream and and say the you know the most threatening things to you. And after a while, I just tuned it out. I didn't take it personal. I was just like, whatever, you know. I, I'm going to win in spite of you. Um, not because of your quote unquote leadership, but this is the thing. I mean, a lot of leaders think I got to control. I got to control. I got to micromanage. I got to yell. I got to scream. I got to threaten. I've got to be, uh, you know, I can't let people um, make mistakes, all these different things that come up. But look, we, we can't control people. Controlling people doesn't work. It's, it's an outdated uh, model. It never has really worked effectively at a high level, and look at some of the best leaders in in the world that we've ever had. They've been influencers, people who've influenced with their words and with their actions, and they've given people freedom and autonomy to do what they do best. They don't get in the way of someone's creative process and their ability. In fact, they get out of their way to let them do what they do best. I mean, you know, look at look at war leaders. You know, look at someone like Hitler. Hitler was all about control, 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 control. Okay, look at leaders like uh, you know Roosevelt or or Winston Churchill, one of my one of my favorite leaders. Um, that's about influence. The things that they said spoke into people's lives and really helped shape the promise of the future and really painted possibilities for them. Because you can rule by fear or you can rule through possibilities. 
It's your choice. I can show you, I can paint the picture for you as a leader and say, Joe, if this is what if this is what happens over the next five years, here's what here's where we're going. Here's what's in it for you. That's possibilities. Fear is like, Joe, if you don't do this right this time, I'm gonna fire you. Um, I'm sick and tired of this. You know, I've had enough. You know, I'm gonna fire you. Okay, well, look. I may have that kind of a conversation at some point, but it's not because of fear. It's just to let people know, look, the writing's on the wall here. And if things don't change, I can't see you continuing on here just to be fair. But in a lot of ways, people create fear and they always say, look, I'm going to fire you or you're going to lose your job. But then they never do anything about it, right? We all know those people that just idle threats, idle threats. And I hate that. Um, I, I try to avoid that as a parent. I try to avoid that as a leader because after a while, again, my credibility comes into question. Man, you know, this guy always blows some hot air. He never follows through on anything he does, so I'm not really worried about it, right? So what can you do to be more influential? And again, it sounds soft, but it gets a better result than if you try to control things and do everything yourself. That model will only get you so far in terms of success. So think about these things. Think about, look... As I'm being a leader, am I being soft or am I, am I, is holding to ideals and standards something that really is just so, I mean, look, that's hardcore, right? Look, when I stay true to principles and I don't waver on those principles, that's hardcore. That is hardcore. There's nothing more hardcore than that. And I expect that my team will adhere to those same principles. And if they don't, we're going to have a conversation about it. And if there's someone who can't play by those principles, they may not have a long-term future with my company. So that's not being soft. That's just being real and really expecting people to perform and play at the highest level possible. So think about this, okay? I don't want you to feel like a giant pussy I don't want you to feel weak or that you lack power, but just understand that when you speak into people's lives and you're vulnerable and you show that you care and you help people work towards their goals, there's nothing more powerful that you can do as a leader. That's true power. When I can, when I can influence people to make decisions whether or not I'm there, that's power. That's influence. Control doesn't do that. Control looks like when you take a vacation... You know what? It's Lord of the Flies. All sh- you know, everything just runs amok. Nothing happens the way it's supposed to because you're not there. When you have an influence, it looks like you come back and it's like you never left. That's influence. So ask yourself, when it comes to leading your business, what scenario would you prefer? I want to thank everyone for listening this week. If you have questions or comments, please hit me up at newworkrevolution.com. I look forward to hearing you and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.